Welcome, and thank you for tuning into the Graceland Church Podcast. Our mission is to follow Jesus and love our neighbor for the good of the city. I remember when November, my oldest daughter, we call her Novi for short, but her full name's November, was about seven years old. She was desperately wanting to get on a new ride at an amusement park. Do you remember how big of a deal that is when you're a kid? Maybe you can't remember how big of a deal from your own childhood, but maybe you can with your kids or grandkids. It's a huge deal. And there was this ride, I don't remember what it was called, it's some kind of gravity ride. You know, these things are death traps, we all know it, but we still ride them. You get on it and you just stand on the side and it starts spinning really fast and then the centrifugal force holds you back and then it goes completely vertical. You know that ride? I've always wondered what would happen if someone like vomited in the middle of that ride or some stuff flies out of the pot. I mean, it's just crazy. She desperately wanted to go on that ride. She thought she was tall enough. We were trying to temper her expectations as her parents because we weren't sure. And it all came down to the moment of truth. And what is that moment of truth? When you get measured at the front of the line. There's some teenage kid standing there who's in charge of the destiny of your life, right? And little seven-year-old Novi comes up and she tries to stand so tall, I'll never forget it. Oh my goodness. Um, Trying to literally, if she could, like make her vertebrae open up more and just like get a little extra taller. And she gave it everything she had. Everyone's watching. There's other people in line. And worst news ever, this kid just goes, you're about a half an inch short. I'm sorry. And Novi burst into tears. I mean, and ran away. I was like, where's she going? I don't know. I had to chase her. And she found a little bench in the middle of this amusement park, sat down, put her head in her hands, and I'm not exaggerating, wept. (laughs) I mean, I was like, sweetheart, people are going to think I'm abusing you. People are going to think something crazy is going on here. So I'm just like, I'm like, just can you just a little quieter, put my arm around her. And I'm thinking, we, you know, I'm like, officer, it's okay. And I have my my armor. She's mine. She's my daughter. And, and, you know, what I wanted to tell her was, sweetie, I know it's disappointing, but I promise you, you're going to get tall enough. I promise, because when you're, when you're waiting like that and when you're longing like that, you feel like you're never going to get there. It's so disappointing. And in, in seven-year-old mind, uh, another year to wait till we come back to that amusement park, that might as well be a lifetime. That might as well be two decades, right? And, and I, just, I was trying to tell her, sweetheart, you will keep growing, I promise. And now she's like two inches taller than my wife and she's a young woman and she's, she, what, wasn't I right when I comforted you on the bench right there? She kept growing. Now she's ridden rides like that a gazillion times, but she began to learn the lesson in her little seven-year-old heart about waiting. Waiting is challenging when we're longing for something, when we have a goal when we're waiting for God to show up in some sort of way in our life, or we're waiting on other people, or we're waiting for miraculous change in us. And this is what the Advent season is all about. It is the Christmas season, yes, but in the church calendar, we call it Advent. The word Advent means arrival, and it's about remembering how the people of God longingly waited for their Messiah the Savior, the one who would be born, the one who was prophesied about, who would bring in the kingdom of God, who would usher us into the new age. And the Messiah came, born as a baby. He came in ways they did not anticipate. And we'll be talking about that this month. But we also are now waiting and longing for the second return 
of the Messiah, the return of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We believe his return is imminent. We believe Jesus could return for his church, his bride at any moment. And we talked about that last week in a discussion about the end times. Today, I wanna give you a little framework about Advent and then share with you a short message about blessing. And I'll talk to you about what we're gonna do this month. I'm gonna skip a couple of these quotes. So I'm gonna go actually to the third one by Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He wrote this during the occupation of Nazi Germany, and he was a remnant, a resistor of what was happening and the horrific things going on. Here he was, a Christian and a pastor, and, and in Novi's little seven-year-old mind, she, she felt this uneasy about her life, though it was for something that wasn't as big of a deal as what she actually felt. Look what Bonhoeffer wrote. Those who learn to wait are uneasy about their way of life but yet have seen a vision of greatness in the world of the future and are patiently expecting its fulfillment. The celebration of Advent is possible only to those who are troubled in soul, who know themselves to be poor and imperfect and who look forward to something greater to come. That's not a downer. That's not lack of faith. That's just acknowledging our desperate need for God. I think the closer we get to God, the more we should rest in this glorious dependence on God. And we can do nothing but wait for him to do what only he can do. And we live by faith. That's why Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit. Those who have poverty of spirit. It's not a, it's not a lack mindset. It's not a poverty mindset. It's an accurate look of our beautiful need for God the place where we can find absolute and perfect rest. That's what Advent is all about. All of these miracles, all these things we longed for and long for still can be summed up in one word that we're gonna look at today, and that's blessing. We long for the fullness of God's blessing. And there's an ancient blessing. You're probably familiar with it. I've declared it over our church many times. It's called the priestly blessing or the Aaronic blessing because it was Aaron that God told to speak it over the people of God. We're gonna look at this blessing over the next three weeks. The series is called The Blessings of God Through the Birth of the Savior. This is our Advent series this year. Let me read to you out of Numbers this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Today, we're gonna look at that first verse. The Lord bless you and keep you. I like this from T. Frethium, a scholar. He says, the word bless refers to the entire blessing that follows, and hence that word covers all dimensions of the benediction. To bless testifies most basically to the work of God, both within the community of faith and beyond. It signifies any divine gift, spiritual, earthly, bodily, that directly or indirectly serves the life, health, and the well-being of individuals and communities. The verb covers the spheres of both creation and redemption. So when, the, when it says the Lord bless you, it's not even a prayer, it's a declaration. God told Moses to tell his brother Aaron, who was the high priest, to command this blessing over the people. So when we pray that, it's not like Aaron saying, God, will you bless them? God says, I want you to declare it by faith. The Lord bless you. You see, we sometimes think wrongly that God is so disappointed with us, or that God is kind of the cosmic cop that is just out to catch us, or that God might even be cursing us, we miss the true heart of God for us. And just to help remind you, let's look at the creation narrative in Genesis 1. I'm not even gonna put it on screen, but, but 
In multiple days, God gradually created all things. He spoke it into existence. He spoke the heavens and the earth. He spoke the land and the seas. He spoke all vegetation. After every day, he said, and he declared, it's good. And then he created man and woman. And the very first thing he did after he created them is he blessed them. And then he declared of them that they were very good. And we miss this about ourselves because God created you. He might not have made you from the dust of the earth and then from the rib of Adam like them, but God created you, not your parents. You're a miracle. Your parents partnered with God, whether they know it or not. They had a little something to do with it, but they couldn't cause that miracle of life to happen. None of us parents can take credit for that. None of us grandparents can take credit for that. This is the work of God. You were God's idea. And so let me just remind you, God's first declaration over you is blessing and the affirmation that you are very good. That's number one in your notes. It can sound weird to even say that in church sometimes because we so often only talk about our sinfulness as we should, and we're gonna talk about sin today, but let me remind you, God created you, blessed you, and says you are very good. You are a good creation. Every young person in here, every senior in here, every, every person, no matter how you feel about yourself, you're a good creation. I remember holding every one of my little kids just before they have any clue who I am or what's going on in the world, and they are a good creation. I blessed them too as their earthly father. I declare their goodness. It doesn't mean they're perfect. It doesn't mean they get everything right. They start pooping all over the place. I was just thinking about, you know, this will be, I shouldn't say this about Novi. Every little kid does this, but Novi did this too. She just happens to be sitting here. Remember when little babies would poop so hard and so like, just liquid that it would come all the way up their shirt and out the top of their shirt and it looks like, you know, soup. And God called you as the parent to like sop this up while you're eating dinner, while you're trying to get a break. Yet all the while, all the while, they are blessed and very good. When they keep you up at night, when you're frustrated, they're blessed and very good. I'm telling you, God's heart toward you, you are blessed and very good. You are a treasure. You might be pooping all over the place right now. You might be making huge mistakes. And he's not pleased with that. He doesn't want you to hurt yourself, but you are blessed and very good. That is God's declaration over you. Then look at the timing of this. If, if you study the history of Israel, which is, helps us understand our walk with God, all the things that Israel went through, the ups and the downs, the deliverances, the mistakes, the idolatry, it, is a type and a foreshadowing of our walk with God now as Christians. And, and Israel was delivered from slavery in Egypt. They were slaves for 400 years. God miraculously delivers them. It's incredible. It's the 10 plagues. He calls Moses to do it. Then he does all these biblical proportion miracles. These are the miracles that gave us the phrase biblical proportions, like parting seas and, and doing unimaginable things. Then they get to a place called Mount Sinai. And at Mount Sinai is where God gave the people of Israel the 10 commandments, but it's also where the people of Israel decided not to trust God anymore and spend their resources and their energy and their time on building a golden calf that they could worship. Remember that? That's what they were doing right after that great deliverance. And then let me add a little more context. Just a few weeks after they were like boneheadedly worshiping idols, wasting their resources is when God tells Moses to declare the Aaronic blessing over them. And it's a powerful truth. And let me, let me give you this, number two in your notes first. Sin, which is what the people of Israel were doing when they were worshiping the golden calf, it's missing the mark of God's blessing for us. Sin causes us to fall short of God's glorious blessing. It does not mean he's removed his blessing. The declaration of blessing is still there. 
the declaration of being a good creation, still there. Sin is our choice. It removes us from that, right? Sin brings separation from God. It is natural conclusion, natural consequence that we bring separation when we sin because God gives us free will. But here's what's so amazing. In the middle of the sin, or right after the sin, or right when we are making mistakes and making a mess of all this life, basically spitting on God after delivering us by now setting up an idol and doing the exact thing we shouldn't do. It's right in that context. Number three, God declares blessing over us even in our sin and demonstrates divine mercy and grace. That's what he does. That's not cheap grace. That's not glossing over sin. That's the message of the heart of God. He declares blessing even then. It's unthinkable. It's unexpected. He gave us a picture of it with this priestly blessing over Israel, but it's fulfilled completely in the birth, life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Look at the announcement in Luke 2. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Then Jesus lives his 30 years. Then he does his three years of public ministry and invests into his disciples. He's baptized, he's filled with the spirit. He walks, he declares, he heals. Then he's crucified while he's on the cross. While he's being murdered, while he's taking the punishment for their sin, the ones who were doing it, and our sin, what does he say? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. So what does he do in the middle of the consequence for our sin that he's bearing for us? He blesses us. And then the apostle Paul says it perfectly in Romans 5, 8. God demonstrates his own love for us in this while we were, what? Still sinners. Christ died for us. This is the counterintuitive ways of the kingdom of God and the heart of God. This is the way God calls us to treat others, by the way. Have you ever noticed that just getting really angry at people about their mistakes and yelling at them about it all the time doesn't help them change? You know what helps them change? A gentle answer, grace, mercy in the middle of it. It's not just glossing over it, but it's the heart of God. It costs Jesus greatly, but we get it as a free gift. That blessing then turns into keeping. The Hebrew word for keep here literally means protect, guard, to be shepherded. So number four, part of God blessing you is keeping you. You have a divine keeper. Another interesting thing to note about the timing of when God gave the people of Israel this blessing is they were about to leave Sinai. It was time for their departure. And this blessing was to be used daily throughout their journey. So listen, this is a blessing for the duration of the journey. God doesn't just declare blessing and keeping over you once. God declares it over you every day of your journey. I have found the longer that I live and the more that I kind of get my hands dirty in the messiness of the human situation, whether it's by my own doing or people that I'm walking with, life is hard and messy and grimy and challenging. Again, poop up the back and out the shirt. The more I experience that, the more I am amazed at the fact that the love of God is everlasting. The faithfulness of God endures. There's no end to it. That's good news for us. If it was up to us, we might lose heart. We might fail. But God has a blessing for you for the duration of your journey. You can still choose to run away from the blessing. You have to accept the blessing and it's ultimately fulfilled in Christ. It comes by proclaiming the name of Jesus. If you declare Jesus as Lord, believe in your heart that Jesus raised him from the dead, you will be saved. This is the gospel. And I love how Mike Leake talks about how we continue to use this benediction. 
We still use this blessing today because we're actually living in the already and not yet of its fulfillment. He then breaks that down. In Christ, we have all the blessings which come to us through this Aaronic blessing. And in Christ, we also await the complete fulfillment of each of these. So kind of how Heather was talking earlier, you might not get completely healed from something that is in your life on this side of heaven. And this can sound like a cop-out to people. It's not actually a cop-out. In Christ and in eternity, our healing is guaranteed. We will be healed. Are you guys tracking with me? We will be healed. We will be made whole, completely new. We will see him face to face. We will have a new mind. We will have new body. We will be in new heavens and new earth. There is a guaranteed future. Sometimes there are reasons, and we see this in scripture. Paul had a thorn in his flesh that he asked God to take away, and God didn't take it away. And God taught him more profound lessons through that. And so, so what I believe is we need to rest in this principle, number five, the fullness of God's blessing is declared over us through the finished work of Jesus. That's the ultimate declaration. I love uh, this author who I can't just place his name right now, but he said, Jesus is what God has to say. If you wanna know what God is saying, it's Jesus. Jesus is beautiful. Jesus is powerful. Jesus is the culmination of the kingdom. Jesus is what you need. God declares Blessing over you through Jesus fulfilled. So we rest in the finished work of Jesus. We are unfinished, but we rest in his finished work. We make a mistake when we forget that sometimes pain is part of the blessing. I'm gonna close with this simple story. Then we're gonna spend some time responding. And I'm gonna share a few, a few elements of vision before we close today. But... A few months ago, I had my ear close on me after a vacation. I thought it was from like swimming in the ocean. Um, it wasn't really painful. I just couldn't hear anything out of my left ear. I talked about it a little bit, I think, in a sermon. I went to the doctor, got medicine. Gradually, it opened up. I wasn't sure what was ever wrong, and I was fine. On Friday, just two days ago, I was preparing. I had, this is a, a busy ministry weekend for me. I taught a long class yesterday to ordination candidates, uh, men and women that are becoming pastors. And so I had six hours of lecture that I was preparing for. And then we had our services today. We have a really exciting Newcomers Connect right after this service with close to around 20 or so adults and a dozen kids registered. We're gonna have a great time up in the room. There's some homemade chili and refreshments up there. I'm just saying, but you gotta be new to come. So all you oldies, you can't come. And then tonight we have the Graceland Youth Christmas Party, which uh, I'm, a, I'm a part of. Yeah, yeah. So I was like thinking about you know, managing my voice so I don't lose it. I was making sure I was really prepared. And as I was kind of going over final things, my left ear, the same one where I had that problem, I just felt it totally closed. So all of a sudden I'm in my head again, I can't hear. And then Friday night, it began to hurt profoundly. Like right now I hear my heartbeat in my ear and it's like chronic, just hurting my ear. I prayed for it in both services, it hasn't gone away. We prayed for it at our prayer huddle before service hasn't gone away. I don't know why it's there. I'll go get checked out at the doctor. But last night, as I was trying to go to bed, um, I was thinking about this, and I wanna read you what I wrote down. I believe it's for someone today. Blessing doesn't mean there's no pain. Oftentimes, God's blessing is in the pain. My ears started hurting again, and I can feel my heartbeat in my ear, which how many of you guys know it's not normal to feel your heartbeat in your ear? I actually, last night, put my hand over my chest and felt my heartbeat and it synced up perfectly. I was like, is that really my heartbeat? What's happening in my ear? And it, the heartbeat hurts right now in my ear every time it beats. God, I felt like, reminded me in that moment of a prayer I prayed when I was 17, 24 years ago, 
same age as some of you teenagers that are here, I became an honest seeker. And though I was a pastor's kid, I was like, God, if you're real, I wanna know. And for some reason I said this to God, make it be like a pipeline from your heart to my heart. I need my own, I didn't use this language, but I was saying, I need my own revelation of who you are. I'm glad my parents are doing this. I'm glad all these people in this great church are doing this, but I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 I'm seeking you. Sh show up in my life if you're real. And I just became truly an honest seeker. And, and then he reminded me that the heartbeat I was feeling isn't really my heartbeat. I mean, it's mine in that it's in my body, but it's his. He's the one who created it. He's the one who empowers it. He's the one who put it in me. He's the one who keeps it pumping. So I felt like the Lord was just reminding me, that's my heartbeat. And he was reminding me that he's been answering that prayer to connect my heart to his for 24 years now. And then I wrote again, right now my ear is hurting constantly and I can't stop thinking about it, but the pain reminds me of his heartbeat, the heartbeat that he put in me. Without the pain, I don't notice my heartbeat. He speaks to me about his heart through my pain. And here's the key piece, my pain keeps me attentive to his heart. And my prayer is that you can see your pain as part of the blessing. I'm not saying God did it to you, but God redeems even what the enemy means for evil. Some of your pain, I believe he'll remove right away. Some of your pain, he certainly wants to heal you from. Some of your pain, like the apostle Paul, is gonna stay there. And he's gonna remind you, my grace is sufficient for you. And he wants you to know that his power is made perfect in your life through weakness. And one of just the practical gifts is that the pain keeps me attentive to his heart. So whatever pain you're feeling right now, and I don't just mean physical, any pain, fear of the future, shame about your life and decisions, worry about what's happening right now, pain of loss. People feel a lot of pain around the holidays. You know, there's increased joy. There's also increased pain. And whatever that is, I wanna encourage you for a moment. Let's just prayerfully reframe the pain and say, how can this pain beautifully remind me about God's heart? How can it remind me about God's heart towards me, God's heart towards others? Even pain when people hurt you. I had um, someone help me reframe some pain uh, from someone that I felt hurt by not that long ago. And, and God is interested in me not just obsessing over the pain I feel from them, but also having compassion for why they would be doing that which hurts me, right? So all of a sudden there becomes compassion for people and a connection to God's heart, even while I'm feeling pain, which you know what that sounds similar to? Jesus on the cross saying, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. I'm not saying you're gonna be as perfect as Jesus, neither am I, but there's a reframing of all of this pain that can actually be beautiful. So as the worship team comes up, they're gonna sing a song that literally just has the words of this benediction, this declaration in it, and then it repeats the words, amen, which just mean, I agree, I agree. So we're gonna sing it a couple times, and then we're gonna agree. But could you just close your eyes with me? Bow your hearts. For someone here, probably multiples of you here, that is just willing to admit, man, I feel like God doesn't like me. That might be you. You might even feel like God hates you. You might feel like God is just so disappointed that he wants nothing to do with you. You might feel that God has not blessed you at all because things have been so hard, but I just wanna remind you, and I believe the Lord wants to speak to you today, that his very first declaration over your life and even the fact that you are alive is he blesses you. And I want you to know today and he might need to change your mind and you might need to just receive the truth 
receive the loving truth of God. He calls you very good. Not just good, not just okay, not just decent. He calls you a very good creation. So can you just rest in that today? Can you just receive it? And then he deals with the sin. Tell him, Lord, I'm sorry for how I have sinned. I know I've hurt people. I know I've run from you. I know sometimes I've spit in your face. I've I've cursed other people. I've had anger. I've had... I've had temptations. I've made decisions that are wrong. I know these things have hurt me and hurt others. Forgive me for my sin, God. Just tell them, guys, forgive me for where I have fallen short. Forgive me for where I fell short of your glorious blessing. Thank you for the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. Thank you for forgiving me. Please forgive me of all my sins. I accept and I confess Jesus as my Savior and my Lord. Meaning, Jesus, I need you to save me. And Jesus... I commit my life to you. I step off of the throne of my life. Jesus, you are on the throne of my life. Lead me in your ways everlasting. I commit all of my days to you. If you're praying that prayer with me today, and I don't just mean the first time, I mean the refresher, and hopefully it's everyone in here. Can we just stand all across the room? And team, will you lead us in this? Let's sing this out. The blessing of God. And then let's declare amen that we agree with it. Let it wash over you, church. Feel rest in the Lord as he washes over you. Lord, bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Lord, turn his face toward you. Sing that again. Sing it loud, church. The Lord bless you. Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Lord, turn his face toward you. Let's join with the heavens and sing Amen. This means we agree. just for a moment. I'd love to see, I'm not going to call you up, but I'd love to see your hand if if you're making a decision to follow Jesus for the first time and you're saying yes, or maybe you've just been so crippled in not understanding who you are and you just need a resurgence of truth and life 
to understand that God blesses you and keeps you and calls you good. Can you raise up your hand so I can pray with you? Raise it up high so I can see. Just give you guys a chance. I see them. You can put them back down once you raise them. I just want to pray for all those, especially, Lord, that you're just speaking to. Would, you, would your voice be like the wind that blows out all the things that shouldn't be deep in their soul, God? I pray you'll clean the house, God. Fill them with what's good and right and true and excellent and praiseworthy. And for those starting their journey, God, I pray that they'd be marked today, that they'd remember this date, December 3rd. God, that, that you will bless them for the duration of this journey as they follow you and serve you with all their heart. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You guys can take your seat. I just wanna share a couple things in closing. Um, I'm so excited to see a bunch of you up at Newcomers Connect. If you didn't register for Newcomers Connect, we do have a little more room. Um, you can just join us right after the service. We'll, we'll service. We'll take about three minutes. I'll say hi to a couple quick people, but if you're registered, just walk right through this hallway, straight up the stairs. The room is right above us here. There's food, there's drinks, there's tables. It's uh, set up beautifully by our team. And you can just leave your kids in the Graceland Kids Ministry where they are if you already have them there, if you pre-registered. Um, and if, if you wanna just show up and you're not registered, just come on up to the room and you can bring your kids with you if you want as well. It's the best way to learn a little bit more about us and um, get connected as part of the family. I wanna to reiterate tonight, Graceland Youth Christmas Party, five to 7 p.m. It's gonna be awesome. Come on now. Sixth to 12th grade, all invited. Our youth group is so fun and exciting right now that all our fifth, fourth, and third graders are begging me all the time, can I come? And I'm like, sorry, no, you gotta get a little older first. So they're longing to get a little bit taller and older so they can come to Graceland Youth. Graceland Kids is amazing too. This is an important note, parents and youth. This is our last youth event of the year. So we are on break after tonight all the way until January 7th. And that will be our new year kickoff party, Sunday, 5 to 7 p.m. And then we'll be back to every single week. I also wanna bring your attention to our team appreciation Christmas dinner. If you've ever served here in our church, if you've volunteered once, even if you just volunteer today and, and you're just getting into it, you're invited to this team appreciation Christmas dinner. Honestly, it's one of the most fun and special nights of our whole year. It's a huge catered dinner in here. My wife does some really fun, silly stuff. Our team runs it. No one serves except for our staff. We serve you as a way to say thank you, but we need you to pre-register. There's a party for the kids as well. And then, the week after that, Christmas Eve services, 3.30 p.m. and 5 p.m., no morning services. Then on New Year's Eve, December 31st, one big 10.30 a.m. service, family style. It's gonna be a packed room. Uh, make sure you come. If, if you're a regular here, be willing to stand on the sides if it's too packed. It's gonna be a lot of fun. The elementary kids will be in here with us. No 9 a.m. service. And I skipped one thing on Christmas Day. We do a thing called Lost Angels every year. That was something Stephen Houlet started and felt called to by God back when he lived in Los Angeles, where we collect toys. Starting now, you can bring anything like backpacks, um, basketballs, uh, soccer balls, uh, nice jackets, things that are new, still wrapped, drop them off in our foyer or under our carport throughout the week. And on Christmas day, we take all of them. About a hundred of us generally meet up and some other friends at noon on Christmas day. Any of you can come, just let the Hulays know they're right here. Raise your hand so they see, talk to them. They'll get you connected to it. So bring toys. And then if you want on noon on Christmas day, we meet at the parking lot at Church of the City in Franklin, a good a sister church of ours who we love. I'm good friends with the pastor there. And they head out to some underserved neighborhoods to just hand out the toys. It's really, really beautiful. Um, 
That being said, let me just change gears to share a quick bit of vision with you. If you were here last week, you're gonna hear the same thing I shared last Sunday. This is important and it's no pressure on anyone, but every year, and this will take me just, just a few minutes, we do a Christmas offering and we pray, we seek the Lord about how to allocate it to strategically advance the mission God's called us to, to help people, to serve them, and to help move us with momentum into the next year and, and to build towards the future of the land of grace, what we call our land here. So we have four initiatives this year. We're not collecting it today. I just wanna share the vision with you. The first initiative is debt reduction on our land. With last year's offering, we completely paid off the debt on our building, which we had 50,000 left that we paid off completely with last year's offering. Praise God, here's the mortgage burning. I'm holding it, it's on fire right there at one of our prayer services, it's amazing. So now we have left 950,000 debt that's it on our land. I know I say that's it, it's a lot of money, but we have 135 acres of land that's a lot more valuable than that debt. And we believe we need to eradicate that debt fast. It's like a vision gap for us right now. Some of the people in our church, I believe God's gonna call to, to help us pay down that debt way beyond this Christmas offering and help us significantly with that 950,000 because we're servicing that mortgage monthly. It costs us a lot. So once we get free of that, it's we're gonna be like a horse out of the gate. I and mean, we already are, but we're gonna be like a faster horse out of the gate. And part of the Christmas offering will go towards that debt. Second initiative, our benevolence and recovery fund. The church is the hands and feet of Jesus. There's no other way around it. We wanna tangibly help people that are in need. Every year, the Benevolence and Recovery Fund is part of our Christmas offering and it funds the whole next year. You could ask our team, our treasurers here. We give gas, we give groceries, we pay for counseling. I just said gross, groceries, groceries. Um, we pay for counseling uh, with Christian counselors for people that need it. Um, which is pretty expensive, as you know. And, and through our recovery ministry, we, we provide lifelines for people in the worst moments of their lives. That's part of the offering. Our third initiative is our Next Generation Fund. Our Graceland youth, as I mentioned, we're so excited about what God's doing and our Graceland kids. In the last five years, we've seen our church grow from a handful of kids to over 130 kids, 12th grade and under, actively a part of our church family. And we just sense God leading us to strengthen this student ministry by investing into more opportunities for students, resources, meeting spaces, and leadership. Here's a few picks. This is half of our youth group that just went to a convention two weeks ago. And you can see them worshiping in a room with thousands of others uh, in the Tennessee Ministry Network. If you could go to the next slide. Um, I serve with the Assemblies of God, that's my ordination. So they have great events for youth. Um, we wanna lean into that this next year and we're so excited for it. Fourth initiative, the Land of Grace. This is our expansion and development fund. So through last year's offering, we secured essential assessments and approvals for developing our land. So we're, we're preparing to build another facility on the primary part of our land. This will end up being leased out to other organizations, commercial partnerships, nonprofit partnerships. But we've hired a strong architectural team, civil engineers. We're working with developers. Here's a few of uh, the things we've worked on. This is not what our building will look like, but this is the Bauer SQ architectural firm that we've hired and been working with for over a year now. Um, and the Christmas offering in a large part is what has funded this. We love their design work. It's a modern but classy feel, which we feel like is right for us at Graceland Church. Next slide. This is the full acreage, just to give you a picture here. Bear with me for one more minute, but this is 65, the highway right here, coming down. It intersects with 840 right here. This is Lewisburg Pike. So the building we're in right now is right here. This is 20 of our acres, all commercially zoned. 
It connects to the full part of the acreage here, which has a half mile of highway frontage on 65. So Ramsey is like right up there. All around us is Stream Valley and a few little farms. This is the slope analysis, future home of our church, future home of all kinds of things like retreat center, uh, retirement center, possible daycares, shared creative space, studios, nature trails, partnerships with uh, commercial uh, organizations and nonprofit organizations. That's what we've been working on all year. And it's been funded um, mostly by the Christmas offering. We've also had to um, get some other funding for it as well. A few more slides and then we'll close up. Uh, next slide. I'm just showing you some of the detailed things. Next slide. All these reports, I have so many of these. We have a prayer request. This is about the, the, the sewer and septic situation. If you've done any work around the area, uh, Williamson County is notoriously challenging regarding sewer. And we need to pray that we get approval from both Franklin and Thompson Station. Someone just gave me a big amen. From Franklin and Thompson Station to approve sewer on our land connected to Stream Valley because they have city sewer coming there from Franklin. So please pray for favor there because that would unlock all of it for us from a sewer perspective, which is kind of like really critical. But we also, out of good stewardship, wanted to make sure even if we can't get city sewer, we paid for a giant test on all the land uh, for doing soil treatment of our own, like septic systems. That's the approval. So we have three key spots all over the land if we have to do it on our own. Next slide. Uh, next slide. I'm not going to go through much of these, de these details. This is the regulatory constraints analysis. And then part of the offering is also going to be our campus in Rio Lagarto, Mexico. I don't know if you know, but we, we sent a team of 26 there in June of last year. We're going back in June this year. A little fishing town that's never had a church. We built it. We also did ministry, reaching out to the community. They've started having services there. If you could go to those next few slides, Christine, they're seeing people, lots of people put their faith in Jesus. They also got a, some damage from uh, a storm recently, one of the hurricanes. So part of the offering is gonna go towards them. That's Bill Craver there, that's his back. I've been talking to him. And on this cement, uh, right down here in this back corner, they told us to inscribe on the bottom of it, uh, Graceland Church 20, 2023. So they call themselves a, a campus of Graceland Church, which we're grateful for. The goal for the offering is $135,000. That's a, a big faith goal for us. We're only a church of a few hundred people. Uh, last year, the offering was 100,000. That was a miracle. The year before that, I think it was 65. The year before that, it was 30-something. The year before that, it was 15-something. So God's just been blessing it as we step out in faith. The only way we hit numbers like this is if our whole church family and friends of our church participate and some even give sacrificially. We're asking you to pray about it. We're collecting it next Sunday and the Sunday after that, this, uh, the 10th and the 17th, but it'll be open all the way through January 7th. It's already live on our website. So there's a video on our website. There's a link right at gracelandchurch.com. Um, we encourage you not to detract from usual giving. It's above and beyond. And I just I thank you in advance for prayerful consideration for being a part of what God is doing here. Let's stand together. Um, the uh, the uh, ushers are gonna come forward, not for this offering, just for today's tithe and offering. I'm gonna pray for it. As they collect it, we'll sing this chorus a couple more times and be dismissed. Lord. We thank you in advance for providing everything we need for building the land of grace for the good of the city that will serve people for generations to come. We thank you in advance for providing the 950,000 to pay off the land. And we, we give you praise, God, because it's your land. We give you praise because you're our provider. I thank you in advance for giving everything we need for Graceland youth and kids and for recovery and for benevolence and people that we're gonna serve next year that we haven't even met yet. People that are gonna be in desperate situations that we're gonna be able to serve tangibly with funds from this. We give you thanks, God. Come on, church, let's thank him for his provision. Come on, church, join me in it. Just tell him, thank you, God. Thank you, God, that you are our provider. Everything we need.
comes from you, God. And it's not just for us as a church, guys. It's for you in your lives. Learn to give thanks to him before we see the miracle, before we see him show up and be faithful like he always is. We give you thanks, God. And bless today's tithe and offering, Lord, everything that comes in this week. May it go towards helping many people, building your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. As they pass that basket, let's just sing this a couple more times and we'll be dismissed. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Love you guys very much.